0: Hello friends and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of 3rd John is focusing on the theme, No Greater Joy. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello my friends and welcome to today's episode of Everyday Truth. A little tongue-tied this morning. I've got um, got my Epcot Center mug today. How do you like that one? says Ratatouille on the back. Have you ever seen that little children's classic, Ratatouille? But uh, love that mug. Like the colors, like the picture. Uh, we're in 2 John chapter, well, chapter 1. There's only one chapter. But to 2 John verse number 9. And I do want to apologize. We've been moving at a snail's pace the last couple of days. But it just seems as if these smaller epistles in the Bible... Uh, they're just packed. They're small, but they're packed with information. And if we're not careful, uh, we'll breeze over them and, and and miss the things that God has for us. And I hope you won't do that as we uh, finish out this this small book in the next couple of days. We've been talking about a great example. Remember we talked yesterday about how great of an example Gaius was Uh, to believers everywhere, to you and me, but especially in the first century. Uh, John recognized that. He expressed that to Gaius. But then he used the example of Gaius to say, hey, we ought all uh, be like this. We ought to all have have the attitude that I am a fellow helper of the truth. But now in verse number nine, we take a hard left-hand turn because we're going to see not only a good example that we saw in verses five through eight but now the Apostle John is going to give us a very negative example. And I'm so glad for the Word of God because it not only encourages us through positive examples like Gaius or like Onesiphorus, we talked about him uh, last episode, but, uh, but also through highlighting the character of some pretty bad apples as well. And if uh, we're honest with ourselves, we go through the Bible There are a number of negative examples throughout the the scripture uh, that are notoriously negative. We think about people like Delilah or Jezebel or Ahab uh, or Lucifer himself or Judas or Demas. And we think about these people and certain words come to mind like uh, deceiver or betrayer or, or immoral. And we certainly don't want to have that reputation. So... The Bible talks about Gaius, positive example. But now notice with me verse number nine, where uh, John says, I wrote unto the church. So specifically, what church is Gaius a member of? We don't know. Uh, what, what church is the person we're about to talk about a member of? We don't know. The same church as Gaius, but we don't know. It uh, could be And I kind of like that because I think this is applicable to every church. And I think by the time I'm done today, you'll see that. So look at verse number nine. I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. So remember, the context of verses five through eight is the context of hospitality that we ought to have this self, uh, this selfless attitude about our stuff, about our homes, about uh, just even our own lives to say, hey, we want to be ready to be a blessing to other people. And the, especially these itinerant preachers that are coming through. And let's Uh, Of course, it's inconvenient when people just stop by. Of course, it's inconvenient uh, to open our homes and and to go the extra mile. But uh, these are things we ought to be doing, said John. He said, but let me tell you about this one guy. And we're going to find out that this one guy is a leader in that church. And this one guy that John wrote to, so he wrote to the church uh, itself and said to this, this church, hey, uh, we ought to practice hospitality. We ought to practice receiving people and uh, practice all the things we've talked about. We we ought to do that. But the Bible says that this church refused to be that kind of church for one reason. They had a leader that rejected the letter. They had a a leader that rejected this teaching. So John says, hey, Gaius, I've written the church about this, about this whole concept of a hospitable spirit, this whole concept of ministry symbiosis working together. But this one guy, Diotrephes, said, no, we're not going to participate. And even to John, now think about this, even John, he receiveth us not. So think about how proud you have to be to say no to helping Christian gospel preachers, and among them, the apostle John. So here is Diotrephes that's willing to say no to this ministry of hospitality and even say no to people like John in the process. Now, what would make a person so obstinate? What would have to happen in a person's life for them to say, no to such a clearly defined Bible responsibility? What, what could possibly be the motivator? Well, that's the wonderful thing about God's Word, is God's Word not only tells us what, but God's Word also reveals the whys. So it's a, it's a discerner, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. It's a discerner, the Bible is, of the thoughts and intents of our heart. The Bible will show us why we do things. So here in 3 John verse 9, the Bible is showing us the why. Why does Diotrephes disobey the request of disregard, I should say, the request of John, and disobey the Bible principle of hospitality and refuse? Well, Why? Well, look at what it says again. Verse number 9. Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them. See, Diotrephes didn't want other teachers coming in because that would be competition. Diotrephes didn't want other teachers uh, influencing the people because that might make him look second right. That might mean he has to share some of the stage, some of the platform, some of the attention that he was getting. And so the very reason why Diotrephes said, hey, I don't want these people coming is because I want to receive all the glory and all the praise. So what had Diotrephes done? Diotrephes had actually taken the ministry and made the ministry not a servant's stool, but he had made the ministry a stage. Not something to, to, by which to serve others, but something by which he could be served. What's sad, isn't it? And yet that same scenario plays itself out time and time and time again in modern ministry. Why do we do what we do? Is it simply that people would know who I am and what a great name I have and, and how popular I can be? And no, I don't want that person preaching in my church. People might think that he preaches better than I do. And No, I don't want that person influencing my kids. They might think that they're more wise than I am. And everything's a competition. Everything's market share. Everything is about, you know, me garnering more of people's attention or more of people's favor than other people. Well, that's a dangerous, dangerous thing, isn't it? The, the love of men. The love of men's applause. Listen, there is nothing as empty as men's applause. Nothing. And yet Diotrephes was, Diotrephes was living for that. Like Nebuchadnezzar. Just living for the adulation of the crowd. Like Herod in Acts chapter 12, living for the adulation of the crowd. Cheer me, clap for me, uh, affirm me. Really, what is that? That's major insecurity. When, when people have to to separate from other leaders because they're afraid that those other leaders are going to influence their people, Now, Diatrophes wasn't making a a theological choice. Diatrophies wasn't saying, you know, John, you can't come because I'm really concerned about what doctrine you'll bring. He he wasn't saying, diatrophies wasn't saying, John, you and the other itinerant preachers can't come because, you know, I, I really am guarding the integrity of the doctrinal stand of our church. No, none of that was true. The only reason why Diotrephes didn't want John and the others to come is because Diotrephes didn't want to share the glory that he was receiving. He was doing the things he was doing. Watch this. Not for his namesake. Remember we talked about that a day or two ago? Not for his namesake. But he was doing it for his namesake, his own name's sake. He wasn't doing it for Jesus. He was doing it for himself. But I tell you, that's a lonely, lonely ministry. You know, I, I see that. I see that in, in our gospel preaching churches today. I see that sometimes in our college movement. Where people are, and again, I'm not here to, to assign motives. I don't know people's motives. I, I have a tough enough time just trying to take care of my own motives. But I'll tell you, we ought to look inward. Why? Why do we do what we do? You know who I'm for? I'm for everybody that is influencing young men and young women for Christ. I'm for every good and godly Bible college that wants to produce gospel-centered people that, that love the Lord and, and love uh, the things of God, the Word of God. But I'm for every church that would name the name of Christ. They don't have to dot every I just the way I do or cross every T exactly the same way that I do. we need a revival in that kind of spirit. But I'm afraid sometimes the reason why we don't have that kind of spirit is because if we really checked our heart, we kind of like the preeminence. And if I can kind of write you off as, well, I don't really associate with you because you don't do everything just the way I do, then what does that do? That kind of puts me a little bit higher up on the stage with a limited number of people. So as long as I cut my slice thinner and thinner and thinner, I can be the top of somebody's pile. I can be the MVP of somebody's league. As long as I make the league sufficiently weak enough, I can be the MVP of something. And boy, how dangerous that is. You know, that diotrophy's spirit is in all of us. And That diatrophies spirit... Really gave rise to the first sin, the first sin of pride. Not not Adam's sin. I'm talking about the sin of Lucifer himself. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Five times you'll read it in Isaiah 14 verses 12 through 14. How Lucifer, I will be like the Most High. Pride, boy. Could you ask the Lord today, and I will too, Lord. Reveal to me those, those elements of pride in my own life. Lord, help me to do what I do for you, not in competition with others. Help me not to be intimidated by, but to celebrate the successes and the influences and the, the, the companionship of other leaders and influencers. We're on the same team. Whoever gets the credit, let God sort that out. But certainly, let's run from a diatrophy spirit. I hope that helps today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.